and welcome back to a long overdue What the Folk Sunderland Preview podcast. That's right, believe it or not, Sunderland and league football finally does return this Saturday in the shape of an early afternoon kickoff at the Stadium Light against Millwall. We've done this dance before, I'll be completely honest, but I will introduce him nonetheless. To preview the game and let us in on Millwall's season so far, is returning guest and a man who's involved with so much Millwall and so many Millwall projects, it's quite hard to list. But nonetheless, welcome back to the show, Kai Bennett. Kai, how are you doing? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. That game was a good one last one, wasn't it? Both teams didn't concede, we both didn't lose. It was a, it was a perfect day out. <laughs> it was weird. I kind of got disappointed. It was cancelled at first and then I thought, ah, a weekend without Sunderland. This is actually quite relaxing. This I can do things with my life. So I kind of oddly agree with you in a really odd way. Um, it is the elephant in the room. There's a couple of them, but, you know, we previewed this game a few months back. Unfortunately, obviously, the Queen passed away and the game got postponed. If I remember rightly, it was a fairly late call-off. Um which obviously was all right for a lot of Sunderland fans at home. Obviously, we do have travelling fans, me being one of them, but it's not quite the trek and the plan that you put in if you're coming from London. It must have been really frustrating, obviously unavoidable, but but how disappointing was that for the fans who'd pay to go up? I think it was 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 frustrating, but obviously I wasn't I wasn't actually going to go up there personally. Um, but I think the fans, Millwall fans, saw the overall picture and they got they got the reason it was called off you know it was really sad to see, to hear the queen had died um you know for so many that the queen has been the only queen well the only monarchy hasn't it for such a well especially in my lifetime even my my grandparents lifetime so uh, no i think it was a, you could see the bigger picture you know there was some frustration around the travel and stuff like that um but we're back again we're, we're but we're back to we'll try again eh let's take two yeah i think second the biggest frustration probably for me is the fact that they've chosen on i think Monday night to put the game on TV, that must be even more frustrating for Millwall fans who have gone, well, I'm going to go to the game and I know some fans will go regardless, but if you know the game's on TV, I know you want to back your team wherever, but you could save a bit of cash there on Christmas time and for them to announce it so late is is another bit of frustration, isn't it? Well, yeah, it does seem strange because obviously it's been in the book for quite a while now, um, this game. It's probably been in there for about a month, five weeks, something like that, hasn't it? So. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Sky would have known this would have been the only championship game on that day because obviously the World Cup and there was no other rearranged game. So they all played theirs the week before, didn't they? The World Cup um, halt of things. So it seems a bit strange. It was so late. You would have thought they would have made that decision weeks ago. Um, but they've obviously only just caught up and realised. So but I'm, 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 for me, I'm pleased it would be televised, it makes it easier to watch. Um, but for the fans going up there, I, I can definitely see their frustration. Yeah, 100%. And I think, obviously, we've sort of touched on it already, but there's another elephant in the room. There's a World Cup going on, which I don't think, I well, I'll never say this on the, a podcast, I don't think. We're speaking uh, speaking prior to England's game against Wales tonight, but there is a really strong chance that England will be in round of 16 action immediately after our game finishes. Um, I find that weird because it's a chance of double disappointment and double heartbreak. Uh, but what do you make of it all? Yeah, no, I think it's 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 a difficult one. Um, it just is probably I I I understand it would be difficult for the fans getting home. Obviously, the middle fans getting home, some of them fans getting home, trying to work out something to somewhere to watch it. Actually, funny enough, one of our uh, fixtures in a week or obviously, if England do make the final, which would be a dream, wouldn't it, uh, to get to the World Cup final? But if they do, Millwall's game against Luton at their place on Agat Kenilworth Road actually finishes fifteen minutes before the World Cup final starts. So it's like that's the even like that's the even bigger one. If, if we don't make the final, it doesn't matter. But if we do, then it's a bit. It's like oh my god, like how are we gonna sort that one out? You know, it could be an almighty session if we're looking on the positives. I suppose. Yes. <laughs> Which, it could be. 
So there is positives when I'm really thinking about it. But um, obviously, we've only got the, the two players at the World Cup, which is maybe a little bit different to what we, we'd had previously in the in the Premier League years. We've got Jewison and um, Bailey, who are both there, who may or may not come home um, come this time on, on Friday, Saturday. But are there any Millwall players at the World Cup? I, I purposely didn't look. Um, no, there isn't, actually. Um, Callum Styles plays for Hungary, but unfortunately, Hungary didn't qualify. Um, as for any others, though, there isn't. Um, they're all at they're all at home. Hopefully, they're all rested. Hopefully, they're all trained well. So we have got a fully fit squad. They've had some of them. I think have been able to have a little bit of a mid season holiday, which is probably quite nice and to spend some time with their families. Um, don't really. Know, I don't think I've ever had that while um, I've been alive. Anyway, I don't know if that's been happened before that, but um, I guess it's quite nice for the players to be able to have that little bit of time away, bit of time to reflect, and hopefully they're they're fresh and ready to go. We did play last Saturday against Bromby out of the den um, and that was uh, just a little run out I think Sunderland played as well didn't they yeah uh, and I, I saw that one but what, what actually happened there was it it looked like it almost kicked off for a little bit I think it did I did catch the mass brawl that they had I think allegedly one of their players tried to stick a knot on one of our players our player naturally reacted and all the fans <laughs> our two owners and everyone just ran on the pitch um, to try and so I'm guessing it was a standard championship game um, in the form of being in Dubai. But uh, but yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. But you, you touched on Bromby there as well. Qu- quite a matchup. I actually seen Bromby last year in, in Europe, obviously, at, um, at Rangers. People know I live in Glasgow. Um, quite a good result in, in hindsight, but can you take much from that? Um, it's difficult. We, we had we had about four youngsters on the pitch over the, the game. We had one 17-year-old that we that we gave a chance to. Um, thought he did really well, actually. The, it shows how bright the future is. I think it really gave fans a lot of optimism in terms of the future. We had uh, three youngsters that haven't actually played before and one that is an academy product that hasn't um, has only just sort of broken in if, you know, made the bench a few times. So it was good to see them. Uh, 1-1 was probably a fair result. We, we scored a good goal, but then again, Bromby were, were, were good in parts as well. So that was it was a good it was a good game. But you know, them friendlies always lack them bit of competitiveness, don't they? Them little bit of that little bit of zip, bit of intensity. But overall, it was a good run out for our players. But I probably won't be reading too much into it. Would have had more competitiveness if you just got one of the Bromby players to head, but one of the Millwall players, and then it would have been. Totally more, much more competitive. That's what you're missing. You're missing a headbutt from the opposition, mate. That's what you're missing. <laughs> oh, definitely. But it didn't help that there was no Bromby fans in the stadium either. Yeah, that's um, true, actually. Difficult because of that. Then obviously there's no, there's not that singing between the two sets of fans and then the players aren't, you know, that that, that also makes a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's difficult to read too much into it, but it's the necessity of this wild odd season, which somehow feels wilder than the COVID season for some reason. But um I think normally at this point you'd discuss recent form and, and we will sort of, but neither of us have played for weeks. Um, how much of a bearing do you think that's going to have for, for both sides, considering we haven't really played competitively for, I think it's been three weeks. I think some, some sides are going to come back and they're going to, um, they're going to benefit from it, maybe because of the fact that they, they obviously both, you know, all teams in the championship play so, so frequently compared to a, a premiership sort of side. Um, some people are going to benefit from the break. Some people are going to maybe feel a bit rusty after the break. So it's difficult, but, you know, as you say, you can't really read too much into the fall beforehand. I think personally for us, we probably break came at the wrong time, if anything. Um, you always prefer to be at a break if you've lost a game or you haven't done so well recently. But the win against Preston was a, was a real lap, was a, was a really great win for us, especially away from home. We, we have really struggled away from home in sort of the last... 12 months so it was a good win it's a shame we couldn't have carried that on with a home match or even an away match uh next up 
I find it quite interesting that the, the form you touched on the the Preston game there and sort of looked at your, your form. You look at the last five or six games or whatever. So you you drew blanks in three games, lost against Huddersfield, drew two games nil nil, one against ten men, and then Preston probably I think they are still the best defense in the division. And you smash four past them away from home. So like how disappointed were the fans and and everyone that the break did come on the back of that brilliant result. Let's be honest. Yeah, I think I think it probably were a little bit frustrated. Um, it always seems to it always it seems to happen to us quite frequently actually. The um, when the when the COVID shut things down uh, back in 2020, we just beaten Forest away from home three 0 on a Friday night, and we had Derby next up. I think we were eighth, two points off the playoffs, and you were thinking this could be our time. We've just absolutely smashed them. We're on a great run. We we're like eight unbeaten or something, and then it comes at that time. You're like, oh, and then we come back and we don't make the playoffs. So, I think. The momentum would have been nice to carry into the next match. It was a, it's a great display from us. It, we were really, a bit, it really does sum up Millwall that though. Losing to Huddersfield, three blanks, one at home, which we really should have beaten Hull at home. Um, and then turning up and beating Preston, the best offensive team in the in the league, and putting full past them. So that if that doesn't sum up Millwall, I don't know what does. And the guy who got a hat-trick in that game, obviously Fleming, uh, came in in the summer, I believe. We spoke about him a little bit on the, the- prior podcast and you said you know he was looking like he was being impressive he's now scored a hat-trick on your last game obviously and he's your top scorer um he's getting I think it's 0.56 goals per 90 which is pretty decent um 162 minutes per goal which is not obviously sniffed at how good of a signing has he been he's been excellent um I think when we spoke last time he was just starting to show his um his qualities it took him maybe a little bit of time to settle in he had a few weeks out for injury at the start of the season but I think he scored five goals in five games um, from about, I think from October, he scored five goals in five games, which put him up for player of the uh, month and also scored an absolute great goal against Rotherham. And that was that month that he started to break through, show his qualities. And then he backed it all up against Preston. And it just looked, for me, the third goal is is the most impressive one because it comes in and he's just got that little deft touch past the defender, the composure to not snatch at that. Um, take it past him and I think he's a really exciting signing but not just his goals either it's his attacking but his creativity as well um, he's really keen to play for, play for, uh, players through try and attempt on goal and I think he's got the second third most shots in the division just behind like Brereton Diaz and someone else so he's um, he's definitely full of confidence and obviously Cresswell's another person that came in on loan from Leeds I think he played a fair few games and we're touching him before in the, in the preview and you said he was also starting to show signs that you know he was going to be a real good player for you and um, he looks like he's currently playing sort of around the, that front four that he plays he's bagged I think four goals one assist how much of a, an asset has he been as well because sometimes the the young players that you get from the, the Premier League are, are the best ones and you get far too attached to them not seeing anything Amad Diallo but I know what it can be like no no definitely I think um he Actually, after we spoke on the podcast, the game that never happened was uh, he started to actually make a few mistakes. Hutchinson actually came back into the side after he, because our skipper, our skipper Hutch, obviously, has been in and out of the side this year because of injuries. But when he is fit to play, he normally does play. Um, but when Hutch, when, uh, when Hutch basically was injured, Gary changed the system back to a four. And that seemed to do, I don't know what happened to Cresswell, but he's been a different player since. I don't, maybe he didn't suit the back five. Um, but four at the back, he's been absolutely brilliant, and you can really see them um, them traits in him. Of I've always said that Leeds and Mill are quite similar clubs in terms of what they ask for, passion and hundred percent on the pitch, and Sunderland a little bit like that as well, aren't they? And you can see that he does suit us as a club, and that is because of the passion and the and the, the determination he, he has got from Leeds, who I think are 
pretty similar to Millwall in that regard, what, what we ask for as fans. So I've been really impressed with him. Goals he's chipped in with have been really good. The last one was a really instinctive header. So, yeah, no, he's a, re- a really good player and hopefully uh, we can keep him for the remainder of the season. You touched on Gary Rowett there changing the system and I think Gary Rowett's a really funny one because hugely highly rated for a period of time, had a move that didn't work out and sometimes managers kind of fall into the abyss of could have been good, wasn't that good. But Gary Rowett seemed to quietly build his reputation back up. Um, he's obviously got yet sixth place at the moment, which is probably around or, or slightly above the expectation that he had last time we spoke. How How is this standing at the moment with Millwall fans? Because I know there's always people that think you could be doing better, but it seems like you're doing a really good job. No, he's really turned it around, Gary. Um, there was a few calls when he was playing far to the back, when we were struggling, and there was a few calls for him to... to well, Calls for him first to change it, but there was obviously people. You always get fans that that, that don't want that. You know, you, that's the thing about football, isn't it? It's a funny old game. You've got so people have different opinions on it, and you know, some of the fans I saw on Twitter were were questioning whether he could was the man to take us forward. And at the time, you know, you 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 don't want ever want to see a manager go, but you know, I, I you you could see both sides of the argument staying and going. But since he's gone to about four, I think we've played ten games. I think we've only lost one. So it just shows you that. He has done well to to change it, and we've done very well since changing it. I think the players are more comfortable. The tactics and the attacking football looks more exciting. And overall, that's got the fans hugely back on side. And all of a sudden, we're looking like a bit of a force now. And and the fans, when the the, the thing about Millwall is when the fans and the players are singing off the same hymn sheet, there there's pretty much no stopping Millwall. Um, and with Gary getting that getting that back into the side, that attacking football, and the fans are absolutely loving it. It's it's good times at the moment at Millwall. It feels like quite similar to the time when you had Neil Harris, and I think it was your first season back in the Championship, and I think you finished around sort of eighth. Talked about singing from the, the same hymn sheet there, but you touched on him changing what happened at the back. I'm pretty certain that last time we spoke, he'd done like one or two games of four at the back, something like that, but mainly played the three. Um, I think in the Championship, you can get teams that play one way or you can get a team that just changes the way they play on a, on a weekly basis. What Millwall are we likely to see on, on Saturday? Are there going to be one that comes at us or do you have a bit more of a, a pragmatic approach to different games? I, I expect them probably to come at, at you. Um, but with the in terms of the formation and stuff, it's it's really interesting because at, at Preston, we started with a four and we obviously were turning up within 20 minutes, but we got pegged back 2-2 two, two, and they scored about two goals in about five minutes. And at half time, Gary went to five at the back for the second half, uh, which obviously at fans are thinking, oh, hello, what's, what's going? he's gone back to the five at the back, but or three at the back, whatever you want to call it. And um, the second half, we looked so much more in control um, and we looked more, uh, more dangerous. So I think he probably will change it game on game, whether he thinks maybe that half hasn't gone right, let's change it up second half. So I think you probably can expect to see plenty of sort of maybe tweaks in the formation if it's not going so well. But if it is going well, probably keep the same. Um, but I do expect them, hopefully, to start on the front foot. I think all Millwall fans would hope that. But with, with if Tom Bradshaw is to start up top, I expect to see Ian Fleming getting really close to him and trying to trying to feed off them flick downs or anything that falls his way. And yeah, don't expect to see Ian have a shot or two on, on Saturday. How do you approach the game on Saturday? Because it's funny, I think, you know, over the time I've done it, a lot of people I've spoke to have talked about coming to Sunderland is a difficult game. And I'd like to think that, but if I'm honest, our form away from home is far better. Um, I think we've won five away from home and, and two at home. So do you view it as like a, an opportunity to, I mean, you're on 31 points at the moment in sixth. You're not that far behind any team apart from Burnley, who, let's be honest, are sort of running away with it. Is this potentially an opportunity to put a marker down to show Millwall could maybe even go further than just playoff spots? 
I think it is, yeah. Because I think if we win this game, which is our, we've both got a game, but this is our both our game in hand, isn't it? So if we yeah. win this game, we can go to fourth, I believe, with the with the table. Um, so yeah, if we can get up to fourth before any other team starts playing again, all of a sudden you feel, yeah, we're nearly halfway through the season. We're sitting in fourth. We're doing really well. It's just about keep going now, but we've got to make sure that we treat we, we have these little spells where we'll beat team four two away from home and then we'll go to the next match and we'll you'll see a completely different side and you're not quite under not quite sure what's happened um and why they why they're not playing the way they were last time so um you can get little dips in spells can't you and you just got to expect that but if they do have a little dip in in performance on saturday you hope that they'll be able to bring themselves out of it keep it tight still and then hopefully nick one on the break or if they have to sit back sit in for a little while to defend then you hope they do that as well so no it's a it's definitely a chance to put a market down for the rest of the division. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really really pleased, and hopefully we can continue doing that. And would a playoff finish or around the top four, top six, would that be where Millwall are expecting to be, or is that well above expectations? Well, in terms of budget wise, Millwall should probably be about mid table, lower mid table. But I think the way that Gary's been building the squad over the last couple of years, and the last and the way we've been finishing the last couple of years, you, the fans are daring to dream right now especially because of the fact that we are in sixth and you know we have started to see some good performance we've got our, we've got Zian who's scoring goals for us regularly and we're we're enjoying we're enjoying football um but I think a playoff spot would be would be really really successful I, I don't think the fans would, would ask for much more than a playoff spot um obviously it'd be lovely to go up through the playoffs and I would fancy our chances in the playoffs because we, we, we seem to be quite good in them to the top six once we get in them um so but yeah, a playoff, a playoff spot will be a hugely successful season, and I think it will be probably some fans would love to would have would have would love to see it. I don't know whether they'd expect to see it, so it's quite hard to sum up in that way. But for me, it would be just above expectation and sort of in, in starting to get into the dream category, if that makes sense. It's an interesting one because I think from the outside looking in, I thought it was at the start of the season, I thought Millwall would be there thereabouts for you know potential playoffs, and then when you get in the playoffs, as you said, you never really know, but. There's a lot of chat about um, being sustainable football clubs. I don't know if just that's because I'm a Sunderland fan and we've been nothing but uh, everything but sustainable for a long, long time up until what seems like recently. But um, Millwall have been building for a number of years, a team and as a club. I think you're quite um, aware of your budget and we've seen Nottingham Forest Court this year in similar-ish circumstances. If Millwall were to kind of defy all the odds, shall we say, and go up via the playoffs, like, how good of a position is the club in to kind of sustain a, staying up and then B, like building on top of that. If if that was to happen, and I'm looking very far in the future here, but I suppose that's where you're looking, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think that probably the club are aiming for that. Obviously, we've got a new training facility, uh, hopefully. Well, I'm not actually sure what's going on with that, actually. I have to check that out. But I think it's it's that they've passed the planning permission, I believe. Um, so, no, as, as a club, I think it's really important that Mill will stay sustainable. I think John Berylson, the, the owner, I think I don't think you'll meet a Mill fan that doesn't like him. Um, he's absolutely loved it at the den and that's because of how he's really how he's really built our built our club and he really does he does really does love our club and he he doesn't spend any anything beyond our means but that keeps us going and you see these clubs like you know your you like your derbies and your, your berries and all them sort of clubs and you you feel sorry for the fans more than anything and you can see Berylson is making sure we don't end up like that and that's just by keeping us level-headed trying to make sure to true additions here and there but no I, I think we are well equipped for the premiership in terms of our uh, the way the way we are the way we are as a as a as a club, but there would need to be some changes in terms of the obviously the den might need to have there's you know there's some like requirements you need for Premier League, don't you? I think there was a I can't remember who had it a couple of seasons ago that one team went up and they had to 
change a bit of their stadium. They had to add a bit more in so they could, you know, really meet the cool, I think. I think it was Blackpool at one point. I think, it, I think it was then. They had to like put more like fan zones outside and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, we, we would need to do that. Um, Budget-wise, well, I think if you went through the playoffs, you get that money, don't you? And we'd be able to hopefully, and hopefully with the with the with the additions we've made recently being so so good and effective, you'd hope that Millwall could take the same sort of approach forward and try and do that in the Premiership. Um, I'd love to stay up if we got there. But for me, at the moment, one season would be would be brilliant as well. So, the, obviously, the dream is to stay stay there. But one season at the moment, I take that take I bite your hand off for that. Good though, isn't it? Day of dream and all that. It's nice to be where you're at, and hopefully, Sunderland are there fairly soon. There, there is two players. I don't think one of them's gonna play, but one of them most likely will. Uh, someone we know very well, George Honeyman. Um, obviously, he had a, a good ish time at Hull, uh, got them promoted. Seemed to enjoy a little bit of Queen when they got promoted, dancing. And I want to break free if I remember correctly. Um, it was very much Marmite Sunderland, 100%. Um, yeah, either seemed to really rate him and, and think he could go on further than he should be capped, not, or you didn't. And that, that's fine, you know, that's football and opinions, but he seemed to be really well liked at Hull. How's he gone down at Millwall? He started the season really, really well and he played every game and fans loved him because he's, he's such a Millwall type player in terms of his, his challenging, his, his attributes, his work rate is unbelievable. Um, didn't start, didn't play too much during the the uh, middle bit of this first first uh, half of the season, but just came back into it as we as we approached the end, playing the Birmingham game. I think he played in the whole game and he did well. He did. He, he works hard and he, he showed a bit of quality. I don't think he played against Preston. But I, you know, I'd expect him to be at least in the squad for well, definitely be in the squad unless there's an injury there on Saturday. I don't know whether he'll start or not. That obviously we'll have to wait and see for that. But he'll definitely be in the in the squad as long as there's no injury. And I think, I mean, I, I, I with Hull, Hull actually gave him quite a decent reception. Um, he actually, well, he clapped our fans. He got a little bit booed, but you always get that, don't you, from from the clubs, even if they a majority like them, some of them won't. Um, but no, obviously, I'm sure he's he's re- he's looking forward to to going back to the stadium and like because he he did seem to up up it about ten percent when he played against Hull. Even I mean, I'm not quite sure how he upped it by ten percent because he looks like he can't give any more. But he just seemed to get even more stuck in, which was which was really great to see. So yeah, I'm I'm sure he'll be in the at least in the squad on the bench on uh, on Saturday. What sort of George Hillman are likely to see? Because it feels like. At Sunderland, he was either he could play deep or he could play in the 10, he could play on the right. He was kind of a stick him anywhere where he fits and he'll give you, as he said, 400%. But he never really nailed down a specific position. Whereas at, as at Hull, from what I spoke to their fans, he turned into this sort of corner kick taking set piece specialist that could play just behind the striker or on the right and was much more advanced. Is that the sort of um, George Hunman we're going to see for Millwall? I think so, yeah. He's taken a lot of, uh, lot of set pieces this year. Um, and he started in behind the striker when Zian was when Zian was injured. But obviously Zian came back in, and obviously it pushed him out. Um, Honeyman and and when he came back into the team recently, he was on the right, um, and he and he he worked really well with Danny. But doesn't have that explosive pace to be able to get past the man, so he tends to cut back and then put try and put his delivery in. And and he's and his deliveries are really good. Um, but I just wonder whether he would be better just behind Fleming. But then Savo and Billy have got that and sent them two spots nailed down. So it's really hard for him at the moment to really nail down a position. But he's one of them ones that if you bring him in, you know he's going to do a good job anyway. So the fans don't mind seeing him at all in, in any position, wherever he plays, because we know he'll give 110%. And another player who I think we won't see, he's back in training and... It's probably a question that I would have never asked if things had gone perfectly, but we've only seen Dan Ballard 
two and a half games and then he's broke his foot. Obviously, he's he's on the way back. I think what we'd seen was was great, but um he's I don't think he's gonna play. It's gonna come far too soon from on Saturday. But say he was to play, what kind of reception would Millwall fans give him and what are your memories of him? Oh, I think the Millwall fans would would definitely clap him. Um he was brilliant for us. I think he he typified that don't fall in love with your lone players, as you said earlier, because it will come back to hurt when they when they don't come back. Um, I think he he absolutely he fits into that category. Um, he was superb. Everything he every time Ballard came back into the team, he had a couple of injuries with us, but they were more sort of three four week ones rather than long term ones. Um, and even when he came back from injury, I think I remember I think it was Borough or no Sheffield United at home. We were one 0 up, and they stuck we stuck him on with twenty minutes to go because Hutch was down and he was injured. And it was his first game back. He hadn't played any minutes of football, I think, apart from like 45 and the 21s. And he just came back and just put in a classic Dan Ballard performance, wins everything, gets stuck in. And I think that just shows what he is like as a character. He's a brilliant player. He'll give all for his team. And I just hope he does well for, for Sunderland now because he deserves that, that little break. And that, you know, it's when the t- when a player leaves a, a big club after they've been many loan, loans away from the club, it's always nice for them to settle down and, and, um, and, and make their mark at their new team. Yeah, and, and I think to be fair, what we've seen beforehand, he was more than impressive. It just such a shame it happened, and hopefully he's back soon. But um, what do you make of Sunderland's season so far? Because I suppose we're sitting in 15th, but we're four points away from relegation. I think we're like six points away from the playoffs. If we win on Saturday, we go 10th, currently 15th. I think Millwall are a, a team that has came out of League One and, and adjusted to life and then grown. And you've had difficulties, you've had positives. And, and where you stand now is probably where you, you would hope you would be the year you got promoted from League One, but everyone as a fan, you want things a lot sooner, don't you? Like, I want to go up this season and then there's part of me that going, oh, we didn't have all these injuries cut off, but we've had tons of injuries, you know, two strikers injured for nine to 11 games. What have you made of Sunderland stars? Has it been as expected? I think I expected Sunderland to be really competitive. Um, I, I At the start of the season, I expect I had them in about 10th, 11th, 12th position. I thought they'd be comfortable um, couldn't quite push on for that next step yet, but I think they will do in coming years. Um, and I, I was really impressed at the start of the season. We obviously missed out. Well, it was rumoured we missed out on Ellis Sims um, to you guys. And I was really impressed with Sims and Stewart. Uh, I thought they were they were really impressive at the start of the season. Obviously, Sims didn't score much, did he, from about August onwards. And Stewart was injured. I think Stewart would have been out of our, our last game, wouldn't he? against you guys. I think it was that game where he, yeah. where he just got injured. So is he, is he is, I'm assuming he's back fully fit now? Uh, he hasn't played since. Um, the rumour was he was going to be ready for this, but he did not play in the game in Dubai. So I pray to God he is. Sims is obviously back, but um, Roscoe is by far our best player. So I hope so, because everything you just said about Ross Stewart, we feel exactly the same. Yeah, you know, he's a, he's a quality player. And there was a, there was a report today, wasn't there, about Bur- Burrow wanting him? There's been a few. Um, there was a contract situation there, which terrifies me, but fingers crossed he signs a nice new contract and doesn't go anywhere, but I'm not holding my breath, mate, to be honest. But um, I suppose this, the final question is always a hard one to ask um, because we haven't played for three weeks and my predictions are terrible anyway. Um, I'll go really boring. I, I will ask you a prediction, but I'll go boring and say 1-1. I think both sides probably be happy with that because of the time we've been away from the pitch, I know three weeks isn't an eternity, but, you know, an away draw always works. You're sixth off top, you're a playoff team, one of the best sides in the league. Would I take a point? 100%. I'd like to win more games at home, but if you give me 1-1, yeah, I'll take it. But what do you think? 
think we'll probably sum it up perfectly. I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a low scoring affair. Mm-hmm. I think both teams will will want to. It'll be an edgy start to the match. Both teams will be trying to find their feet, settle into the match, and I think that'll probably show for the first half. And then it, I think second half it depends which team. I guess the ultimate question is which team is is brave enough to go for that win, and whichever team does that. I think we'll win it. I'm I'm really hopeful of a one nil mill win, but I, I I can see a one one too. So I'll, I'll I'll be I'll be positive. I'll go for a one nil mill win, but I, I I can't put to the side what your prediction was either because that would have been one of mine as well. So quite funny. Someone tallied together. Actually, it was Brad who does the review show with me. Tallied together all my predictions for the season, which I've had one right so far, and he said if all my predictions that came correct, Sunderland would be third off top. So. I can never disagree with a biased opinion, mate. But um, Kai, before I do let you go, because obviously you're going to go and run and watch the match, um, I think people will be amazed at how young you are because of um, how you speak about your football club. And obviously it, it stands, to, stands to reason all the stuff that you do uh, with Millwall. Where can we find your stuff if people want to read stuff before and after the game? Uh, so uh, that Millwall podcast, I, I do the po- uh, podcast, Mickey and Omar host the show. Um, it's at that Millwall pod at any, all... Um, all, all, all social medias and YouTube. Um, with the with the SLP stuff I do, it's uh, just if you just put in South London Press, you'll see some Millwall stuff after the game. Hopefully, it'll, it'll probably be both, both both clubs. I expect. I don't know whether Rich will be doing it this weekend, but one of us will be. Well, Rich mostly will be doing it, and then obviously we'll chip in if he needs any help here and there. But yeah, they're the two places that Millwall pod will probably be reviewing the game as well on Sunday. So if you want to check that out, Sunday and get a good win, and you want to you want to come and see what our thoughts are on the game, come be my guest, come and have a look. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be we'll be analysing it. Fingers crossed it. it's a something win, mate, and we get to hear you all complaining about how, <laughs> how bad you were. But um, I wish you no luck on Saturday, mate. But outside of that, I wish you tons of luck and it's really good catching up. Go and enjoy the game. And uh, thanks as always for popping on. Thank you very much for having me, mate. Good luck on, good luck for the rest of the season, I'll say. <laughs> After Saturday. <laughs> After Saturday. <laughs> uh...